about seven years. There was a 20-month gap in between uh, the seven years uh, when we came home, finished the time in Cambodia. And um, that's rural Cambodia. That's emphasis. I get a gold star for that. And then on to Thailand for three years. And Gordon is still there uh, working with the World Wildlife Fund. And as most of you know, um, we had an unexpected medical emergency in our family in September of 2017. Um, Our youngest son um, almost didn't live because of a toxic reaction to a chemotherapy drug he was uh, receiving. The good news is he did live. He's still recovering from that. Actually, he's flying out to spend a week with us, with his family, June 22nd. So that's an awesome thing. And uh, so many of you, (laughs) so many of you were involved in praying for him and for us. And I so appreciate that. Really, really appreciate it. Well, if you want to look at your bulletin uh, under the sermon notes, um, I'll let you look at that for just a minute. I just found this a, a really humorous. The title of what was supposed to be uh, spoken about today by Kelly, I guess, was not what you expected. <laughs> 545 last night, I did not expect to be up here speaking until I got a call from Kelly. Who And it's real interesting because I had been thinking that afternoon. I thought, oh, I need to text Kelly and just say, I'm praying for you because I know she's speaking tomorrow. And I just, I, I kept thinking about it, but I didn't do it. And pretty soon, about 6 o'clock at night, I got a call from her and saying, I'm really, really sick. Could you speak? <laughs> so my heart said immediately, and my mouth said yes. Um, but, <laughs> um, and I said, the reason I can say yes is because of this. I said, uh, a month ago, I was in, um, I had gone back over to spend a month with Gordon, in Thailand, and during that time, we went to Myanmar for a week. We were there for a Father Heart school, and um, unbeknownst to me ahead of time, um, the translator for our school, um, who's Burmese, um, she said, would you like to come to my church on the weekend? And it's a church, we have 48, they, they, they feed and, and take care of 48 orphans. And as soon as she said that, I said, yes. And, um, and then I thought, and she said, would you come and speak at our church? And I said, yes. And I thought, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> well, it was, God's, it was God's timing and his plan. And um, just to say that that's, that's the background of my life. I'm an orphan. And um, so that is what God has been doing in my life is healing my heart and opening my eyes to his amazing love. And I'm even beginning to call him Papa, Daddy. How many kids do you know that just, when they're little, to their, to their father say, Father? Most kids say, Daddy, Papa, Abba. And that is the cry the Holy Spirit has put in our heart is to know him as our Papa. Okay, so if you need, I really don't know what I'm going to talk about. I know I have a sense of what I'm speaking about today, but I'm trusting 
God to fill in the blanks. This may be the shortest message you've ever listened to. I have no idea. (laughs) If you need a title um, for what I'm going to speak about, it is Trees, Children, and Receiving Papa God's Love. And hopefully this will make sense how these things all fit together. First of all, I just want to say that spring is my favorite time of the year. How many could add their hands to that? It's my favorite time of the year. Number one, I was born in the spring. I was born in, in May. And all the beauty that emerges in the springtime, the leaves, the trees, the plants, the flowers, they're glorious. And I've been going out walking uh, as often as I can. And um, in fact, Dave almost ran over me in the intersection yesterday. Not really, but um, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just drinking in the beauty that I'm surrounded by. I mean, this is a glorious, glorious valley, isn't it? I'm so happy to be back here. I, you know, I love, especially in the springtime, just the, the myriad of colors and the contrasts of colors and just the life that's bursting everywhere you look. You just can't miss it. And um, as I began to ask my papa last night, saying, okay, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to talk about? Because I wasn't expecting to speak. I began to think about spring and the beauty, the blossoming trees and flowers and plants and everything. And uh, so that's, that's where things began, here in my heart. And um, let me start with a, a psalm, the very first psalm, which I think is very interesting that it's the first psalm. Because a part of the content of that psalm, I think, speaks to the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and what God desires to do in us. And um, I'm just going to read part of that scripture. So I'm going to start with the part where it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper So, we have this picture of a tree planted by rivers of water. Let me ask you something. What do trees do? Anybody can answer. They grow. They provide oxygen. Shade. What was that? Fruit. Oh, fruit. Yep. Yep. Fruit. (laughs) 
Beauty? Yep. Mm -hmm. They take in nutrients. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think we've kind of hit all the kind of the highlights of things about a tree. But one of the things that we didn't mention, which I believe is the most important and why it's in the scripture, trees receive. Do they work hard to grow? Do they plant themselves? Do they work hard to produce leaves or blossoms or fruit? Do they? No. They are a picture of receiving. They are receivers. And they are a picture of us, of what God created us to be, that we are to be, meant to be, receivers. Receivers of what? Yep, receivers of love. The Bible simply says in 1 John, God is love. God is love, and he created us to receive love. The other example we have besides trees are human beings. You were created as a baby. You were created to be loved. And does a baby do anything? <laughs> it cries. Yep. Mhm. Mm a baby was created to receive. And I think this is kind of the main point I feel like um that God wants to to share with us today and, and, and that I want to share is that many things, times we have it in reverse or backwards about who we are as believers, who we are as Christians. Okay, back in Psalm 1, that part that talks, talks about um, the person's delight, blessed is the man that walks in the council, uh, doesn't walk in the council of the God, ungodly, etc. It says his delight is in the law of the Lord. Well, what's the law of the Lord? Okay, so I'm, I want to reference here Matthew twenty two thirty seven, And in this chapter we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders in conversation with Jesus. And they're trying to ensnare him with their questions and so forth. And one of the, one of the people in this group, it's a, I forget if it's a Sadducee or a Pharisee, he's a lawyer. And so he asks, you know, what is the greatest commandment? What's the greatest law in the commandments? What is it? And what? That's part of it. 
So Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I got it. (laughs) I'm just thinking and listening. This is the law that our hearts know so little about. We are all, I've discovered, and I'm speaking out of my life, very poor receivers. Now, I thought when I became a Christian, I was 13. I didn't know how broken my heart was, but I was so happy to receive Christ And I began to do the Christian things. I began, and there's nothing wrong with these things. I began to read the word. I began to worship. I began to go to church. And that was good. And those are all necessary things for our growth in Christ and in knowing him. But what I didn't know was how poor I was at receiving his love. And his love and our ability to receive his love is the foundation of our life in him. And over the last, I've been a Christian since I was 13 years old. I'm 67. So you can do the math. It was about 26 years ago when the Lord began to began to open my eyes to the condition of my heart and the poverty of my heart and my inability to receive love. Now, I know we all have our own story, and each of our stories is different, but I can guarantee that everybody has experienced loss and pain and... Um, lack of love in a variety of ways. This is not about blaming anything. If anything, it's about forgiveness. But in all those places of our lives where we've been hurt and betrayed and not loved, those are the places in our hearts where we close the doors. If you can think of your house, at your heart as a house. And we have doors. And those are the places where we're hurt and wounded, where we close the doors of our hearts to love. And when we have closed the doors of our heart to love, only love himself, God, can open those. And only he can open our eyes to see those places that need to be opened. You know the scripture in Revelation 3 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What's he knocking for? He wants to come in. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to love you. 
And I've discovered, and I think this fits most of us, we are afraid of his love. We're afraid of his love because our hearts aren't used to that kind of unconditional love. But he wants us to get used to that kind of unconditional love because we're going to live with him forever, right? As I told you, I've been living in foreign countries for about seven years. It's not fun to go to another country and not be able to speak the language. Language is everything. I mean, you know, (laughs) you want to be able to understand, right? (laughs) Very difficult to live in other cultures and other countries where you don't understand the language. And that's just kind of one of the things the Lord was putting on my heart. Just that love is a foreign language to most of our hearts. We learn love with our hearts, not with our heads. Okay? And let's go back to the illustration of a baby. Okay? And a baby, how does a baby receive love? A baby receives love through being held, appropriate touch, being looked at in the face, eye to eye, with its mother or father or with others. Those are the most important people in the beginning are the mother and the father. The voice, the words of love. And it's not just one time, is it? It's thousands of interactions with the baby and its mother, and its father, and with others. Now, for me, that was what was severely broken in my life in the very beginning. And I'll just tell you a little bit. Um, I was not wanted. I was not expected. My parents were not married. And I was given up with my twin sister at birth and adopted at about the age of nine months. So my heart went for nine months in two different foster homes without receiving a mother's love and a father's love. Yes, somebody was taking care of me, and I'm sure loved us to a certain extent. But the great foundation of love that my heart needed wasn't there. I didn't know any of this. This I knew my history. I knew I was given up and all of that. But I had no idea how it impacted my heart and how shut down it was and unable to receive love and to receive God's love. I didn't have a clue until God began to open my eyes, started opening my eyes about 26 years ago. That's another story for another time. One of the things that he did speak to me about, just an illustration, was this happened probably 34 years ago. One night I got up and uh, during the middle of the night to use the bathroom and I was walking back through the house to my bedroom. And for some reason I just ended up walking, I wasn't sleepwalking, walking over to the living room window that looked over the yard um, outside our front yard. 
So here I am in the middle of the night, standing, looking out into the dark at who knows what, when the Lord spoke to me as clear as anything. And he began to speak to me about the well that was buried in our front yard. Nobody knew about this well except me and my husband and God. This was a well that was hand dug in the uh, 30s um, and to provide water for this homestead. The well was unproductive. No water came up in it or very little. So when the well uh, was unproductive, uh, they couldn't use it. Then it was covered up and it was a deep hole and it was covered up so nobody would fall into it. So when Gordon and I got married, um, there at the time there was a concrete, a big heavy concrete lid over the well to cover it up so nobody could fall in. And then after we were married, we decided to actually cover up over the well with grass. And then you really could not see the well at all. It was covered up. And so here I'm standing at my window, and God is speaking to me about this well. And he began to say to me this, something like this. Your heart is like that well. You were created with the need to be loved. Your heart was meant to be filled up with a mother and father's love. And then he spoke on and he said, when that didn't happen, when the water of life of a mother and father's love didn't fill the well in your heart, you covered it up. You covered it up, and you said, there's no mother, there's no father. And you said, I don't need that. Now, God showed this to me and spoke this to me because of his great love for me. He didn't tell me to make me feel bad. He told me to open my eyes and see the condition of my heart. Why? Because he wants to love me and he wants to love you. So this is an example out of my, out of my life, out of my heart, where the Lord, I mean, I, don't we have that scripture in um, Hebrews, where, uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 12, Hebrews 4, 13? It talks about there's nothing hidden from his sight. He sees all of us. He knows every bit of us, how we think, what our motives are. And he came to me in his love, and he showed me that. And there's been many other things, bit by bit, as he's chosen to open my eyes, to show me the condition of my heart where it has been shut down, where the doors have been closed, so that I can see, so that I can agree and ask his forgiveness and to forgive myself so I can receive his love, okay? You all have your own stories. And God 
is well able to open our eyes and to speak to us in his timing, in his choosing. He knows exactly how to intersect our hearts. That's what he's all about. He's after our hearts. He's not after all our religious activity. He wants children. That's who he created you to be, is to be his child. And many of us have learned not to be children. We've, we've learned not to be kids. We've learned from an early age on, some of us, to be adults. I love this scripture in... I didn't plan on saying any of this, so I'm just trusting Papa God with all of this. Um, I think it's in uh, the book of John. I can't see it. <clears throat> it says, to his, I think it's John 1.12, I believe. Um, as many as received him, to them gave he the authority or the power or the right to become what? Children of God. To become children? Become children. I really believe from the way God has been working in my heart for many years now that, that his ways and the way he thinks and sees things is much, much different than ours. We think about growing up and becoming adults, right? Nothing wrong with that. That's how life is. We grow up. We get older and older. We become adults. But I think in God's economy, he wants us to grow down and to become children. He wants our hearts to be open to receive his love. I was thinking about this this morning. I don't think I've ever had this thought before. Out of where it says... um, that we're to love him with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, and with all of our minds. And I began to think about how God loves to be loved. God loves to be loved. If we are made in his likeness and image, then shouldn't we also love to be loved? It's a simple thing, but it's like, oh, (laughs) okay. We have all, as believers, as Christians, we have all been called into a love relationship with the triune God. We have been called. I'm not talking about when we die and go to heaven. I'm talking about here and now. We have been called into the love relationship, into a love relationship with the triune God. Um, would somebody please read First John verse 3 out loud? Somebody grab that. 
First John, First uh, John, one, verse three, I believe. That's exactly right. (laughs) That's the fellowship. That's the relationship we have been called in. Get your mind around that. You really can't. Get your heart around it. (laughs) Um, Also in 1 John, it it speaks, it says, and in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. We love him because he first loved us. So our love to God always first comes out of receiving his love. And if we aren't receiving his love, then we need to be. (laughs) We need to be able to receive his love. And that whole process is, is, is painful. Because God is all about the work of opening the eyes of our heart in his way, in his time, and in his place to show us where we've shut our heart's doors. He is all about wanting to root us and ground us in his love. That's first and foremost. It's not about going into all the world and making disciples. Yes, that's there. But you know what? I'm starting to see more clearly. God just wants us to be little kids, his kids that know his love, that have that seal of approval of his love. That's what our life is about in Christ, is that we know our identity We have to many times be set free from many things that have imprinted our hearts, that are lies. You are worthless. You're not good enough. You're not beautiful. You'll never make it. You're shameful. The list could go on and on and on. And God is calling us, each of us, to be receivers of his love. What does he say about you? What does he say about you? The word says that he, was, he, he knew us before we were born. We were formed in his heart. He's always loved us. Psalm 139, oh my gosh. It's my favorite scripture in the Bible, uh, verses in the Bible how he was with us in our mother's womb. Now, were you a Christian in your mother's womb? No. (laughs) No. He's your creator. He's your papa God. He's your daddy. And he wants you to know his love and me to know his love and to live in that. He wants us to be his kids that are just filled with his love and that that's what people will see wherever we go. We're just his kids. 
We're his sons. We're his daughters. That's who we are. (laughs) That's who Jesus is. Jesus, he always has been the son of God. And he came, Jesus came to show us the Father. And we read John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Now, we all know this. Read it this way. For Father God, for Daddy, for Papa God, so loved this world, you and me, that he gave his son that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish, but should have everlasting life. The scripture even tells us what everlasting life is. I can't reference the scripture in particular. We tend to think of everlasting life, which it is, living forever. Our sins are forgiven. We'll live forever. But there's a scripture in the Gospels that says, and this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you, you have sent. That is eternal life. Eternal life is that relationship with our Papa, our Daddy, God, and Jesus. <clears throat> Where would you say that Jesus lives? In our heart, okay. What? Everywhere, okay. Let's, let's get... We're going to narrow this down here. Would somebody please read out loud John 1, 18? Anybody? It says that Jesus is in what? Where? The bosom of the Father. Now, bosom is sort of an old word. We don't use a lot. But it means, means right here. It's right in his heart. That's where Jesus lives. That's where we're to live, too. Uh, the, the word says that we're in Christ, and Christ is in us, and Jesus is in the Father, And that is the place that we're to live out of, the heart of the Father. Can you just be a little girl that needs their daddy's love? Can you just be a little boy that needs their daddy's love? Can somebody read Ephesians 3? I've got to find it here. I believe it's Ephesians 3, chapter, or verse 17 through the end. I, I want a guy with a nice, strong voice like 
Charlie, can you do that? <laughs> uh, you can back up a little bit if it. Wow, wow. What our Father God has for us here and now to learn just to receive, to receive his love, to rest in his love, to be at home in his love. Many of us are not at home in his love. That's what I've been seeing for the last 26 years of my life. But what God has been drawing me into. Most of us are not good resters. We don't know how to just rest in his love. Just to be a child. But that's what he's doing in our hearts. That's what he's doing in the body of Christ throughout the world. Is calling us to be his little children, his sons and his daughters, who rest in his love, who hear his voice, just like Adam and Eve before they sinned. A father walked and talked. He spoke. They heard his voice. We are meant to hear his voice too. Not once in a while, but continually. Just like a child needs to hear the voice of their mother and father. Not once, not twice, but over and over and over again. We have the story in the Gospels about the man at the, uh, that was, what, 38 years, I think, at the pool of Bethesda. If I get this mixed up or turned around, you can correct me. But, and he was waiting. He was lame, if I remember. He was lame. And 
For some reason, an angel would come periodically and stir the waters, and whoever got into the water would be healed. And this man was there for many, many years until one day the Son of God, Jesus, walked up to him. And he talked to him. And the man told him he wanted to be healed, but he didn't have anybody to put him into the water to be healed. But guess what? His day of waiting was over that day. Why? Because Jesus, the Son of God, met him in his love and in his mercy His waiting was over. I think God would tell us today, your waiting is over to be loved. That's all you want. You want to be loved. You need to be loved by him, by others, of course, too. In ending, let me share these words to a song. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to tell you the words. It came out of that story. And this is called The House of Mercy. You meet me as I am, no matter my condition. If I'm lame or blind or paralyzed, you always come and find me. The chorus says, house of mercy, living water, that's who you are, that's who you are. The one who meets me in love and mercy, that's who you are, that's who you are. Among the multitudes, you always see me clearly. When you call my name, my heart is changed as rags of shame fall from me. Abba, Father is your name, the one in love who made me. And the robe you gave of righteousness in Christ is wrapped around me. Since you have called to me to be your son or daughter, At your feet, I'll eat and freely drink from streams of living water. House of mercy, living water. That's who you are. That's who you are. The one who meets me in love and mercy. That's who you are. That's who you are. And that's the God that loves you. That's the God who knows you. There's nothing about you that he doesn't know and doesn't love about you. And that's the God who wants to meet us daily in his love and mercy. Amen.